Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we have Maj Teray, Black Guns Matter. He's on the phone. Let me tell you, the, the country is on edge and people are, you know, they're buying guns like crazy. They're taking handgun license courses. They're concerned about their personal safety. So, you, you know what? Let me bring into the conversation Maj Teray. Maj, welcome to Come and Talk It. How you doing, sir? I'm good. What's up, Mike? How are you? Oh, man, I tell you, you know, it's crazy. We had a shooting in El Paso. We had a shooting in Ohio. And people are on edge. You know, you, you had a guy walk into a gun, walk into Walmart in, in like, uh, Missouri. Missouri. And he was actually, you know, totally... You know, people were freaking out. He walked into the the Missouri Walmart. He had a he had like what did he what did he have on? He had an AR fifteen with hundred rounds, hundred body round. armor, hundred uh -huh. rounds of ammunition, body armor, and they're on edge right now. All legal to carry in that state. Donald Trump I, I, saying Donald Trump says, you know what? We're gonna have background checks. We're gonna have red flag laws. What do you say to that, Maj Teray? I think our president, Mr. Trump, is incorrect. I think that he's been, um, and this, this may make some people upset, but my highest alignment is not to uh, any particular politician, whether that be local, state, or federal. My highest alignment is to our republic. My highest alignment is to our community. My highest alignment is to righteousness. My highest alignment is to the Constitution, to the human right to keep and bear arms as codified, that human law or human natural law as codified in the Bill of Rights. So here, our President Donald J. Trump, has it wrong. He has it wrong. Um, I think that he's, he's, and I'm not used to him bending to this type of political pressure, but he's saying things along with the bump stock ban, along with the statement about silencers. He's saying things that are incorrect in, in, in conjunction with uh, what our value systems and our, our, our constructs of our foundational documents are. Um, and I, I, I would suggest, and I, I text uh, Rep. Thomas Massey, and uh, tried to reach out to Rand Paul because they have his ear, especially on Twitter, you know, to get to him to reconsider a lot of these things. Now, again, as, as unfortunate as, as, as this may sound and as, as harsh as it may come off, again, I'm objective. I'm not one of these anti-Trumpers running around that can't see what's good, is, what, what, what's good and what's bad, okay? But the reality is 
we have had more severe on a federal level, more severe uh, restrictions put in place to our Second Amendment under our president, Donald Trump, than we did in four years of President Obama. All right. That's so just the reality of what we're dealing with. So, uh, so what I'm hearing you saying is, you know, you know, do black guns matter? Yeah, they do. So much, so much so to the point that uh, the founding fathers knew that they mattered so much that they they were willing to, to to kill and die for theirs. That's what the Second Amendment is about: is when your government start forgetting or getting tyrannical or forgetting the human right to keep and bear arms and the other things that are codified in the, the Bill of Rights are not granted by government mm. and we tend to forget that you know that's when we're pulling black guns out this ain't about talking conversation no more and i believe that president trump is understanding and objective enough to hear that when you have guys like you know you guys down in texas uh dan crenshaw talking about red flag laws as well he, he was another one that i'm like man what's happening in dc shame you know he's talking about taps and he's talking about the red flag laws and he got on Dana Lash's show and backpedaled a bit. Shame. I, don't, I disagree with his initial statement. I disagree with his backpedal. The reality is we already have due process for when there's an investigation. Preach, my brother. Preach. If someone has been in position. That's right. You're talking about a red flag law as if due process doesn't already exist. Red flag laws are outside of due process. Thank you. Period. You know, and so uh, black guns do matter, and I would love for everyone to be able to sit down and cool their heads will prevail when we deal with this objectively and diplomatically. I'm a fan of diplomacy, but I'm also built for the boogaloo, too. And the reality is, if people keep trying to infringe on law enforcement officers, veterans, hardcore red-blooded Americans from all different ethnic backgrounds, Preach. they're asking for a boogaloo. And I would prefer it not go that way. And so but, um, It's but, weird because, you know, people think that you know, that there are like a handful of black, you know, Americans that actually support the Second Amendment. They don't know that, you know what, this is all about, this is not about black America. This is about everyone. Right. This is about white right. America. This is about whether you're Indian, whether you're, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're, you know, whatever ethnic background you consider yourself. This is about that. This is about the Second Amendment. This is about, you know, a tyrannical government. This is about, right. you know, the country is actually... You know what? The country's on edge right now, and people right. are, are are buying guns like crazy. They're taking handgun license courses. They're like, you know what? I need to take my own personal safety in my own hands. Right, and I love it. It sucks that it tends to be like a scare to stimulate these things. I think people should always be buying firearms and training because, one, it's an industry that employs millions of people, and that's, that's calling it lightly. You know, it's an industry that employs and allows people to, you know, I took a tour of the Daniel Defense, uh, you know, headquarters down there in uh, Georgia. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. I saw so many different ethnic backgrounds of people. Our rifle, uh, the Solutionary Rifle, Volume 1 and Volume 2, we got two rifles with them. The people, the, the, the uh, working families that head down arms in, in Georgia is able to, you know, employ because of this work. I think everybody should always be, be fi buying firearms. You know, I think that's what keeps America Americans protected, not even just from tyrannical governments, but a lot of the other governments and other places that are a little bit envious of our position right now. And some people may say we got to that position position by some, some treachery, things of that nature. It may be so, but we here now. And if we're going to defend what we got, people need to be purchasing and thinking about the jobs that are created. Just this ammo manufacturers alone. 
you know, um, c- companies that are sponsored, Phoenix Ammo over there in, right in Michigan, employing, in a very anti-gun state, employing Americans to make, you know, ammunition. These are the things that we got to think about. So um, those, are, those are more the, the, the thought processes that need to happen. It shouldn't, and that's, that's partially our fault. That's majorly our fault. Because what's happening is we're not uh, keeping our foot on the gas. What happened is when Obama was in, Mm. We got we got comfortable, you know. I mean, excuse me. When Obama was in, people was buying guns. President Trump, who's obviously endorsed by the NRA, right? We started laxing. Right. Then President Trump started saying things, and we didn't check him. Uh-huh. We did not say Donald Trump Jr. follows me on Instagram. We chop it up a bit here and there. Yes. I'm not gonna not say that his dad's making the wrong move. The same way as I'm not gonna say his dad's doing a great job when he's doing a great job. The Preach. First Step Act, bringing Preach. bringing more men home back to their families, not separating families from these, from these, you know, this first step to get them reintegrated back into society. These are excellent things. These are excellent things. So All right, we're going to be vocal about we that. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about a, you know what? There's a young lady who was actually, you know, lived doing Hitler. And she's going to tell you about what her thoughts are. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Austin's Talk 1370. This is the song that never ends. It just goes round and round, my friends. Some people started singing it, not knowing what it was. And we continue singing it forever just because this is the song that... Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Right. You know, last night, I tell you, we were actually in the Pride Parade, uh, the Austin Pride. And I'm telling you, keep keep that going. Don't let it stop. I want to keep that going. You know what? We were in the Pride Parade last night. And I'm telling you, that that parade just does not, it did not end. It was a four-hour parade. It started at 8 o'clock and it ended at like almost 1 o'clock. And it was like, by the time we got to the grandstand, everyone was gone. It was like the parade that never ends. It lasted over four hours. Oh my God, it was like, and there's another float and another float. Oh, it's song. It was the parade that never ends. It was the parade that never ends. It just did not stop all, yes, all night long. Okay. It was the parade that never ends. How's that? I'm telling you, it just went on and on and on and on. All right, so we're talking with Maj Teray, Black Guns Matter. And we're talking about all the shootings that are happening around the country. We're talking about the, you know what, people are just on edge right now. If, you know, this guy in Walmart, and actually, uh, what was it? It was in Missouri. Uh-huh. In Missouri, the man described as a white and and an age in his twenties was detained by an off-duty firefighter who held the suspect at gunpoint. The shocking display came less than a week after a twisted gunman used a AK-47 type firearm to kill 22 people in a Walmart in El Paso. Now, it is the latest in a series of gun-related incidents that have been re- reported at Walmart's across the U.S. since the massacre. 
what happened was cops say that a camouflage guy walked into a Walmart in Springfield, Missouri on Thursday and started pushing and shopping uh, tr- trolley. You know, he was just pushing this golf cart around. He was wearing body armor, military fatigues, and was carrying a, a, a tactical weapon. Uh, what they call a weapon. I call it a firearm. Please say that the man was recording himself walking through the store using his phone. The store manager at the neighborhood market pulled a firearm alarm, urging shoppers to escape the score. Uh, Now, police say the man then made his way out of an emergency exit where a firefighter held the man at gunpoint. I think these headlines are kind of deceiving because what these uh, especially conservative news outlets are saying is that a good guy with uh, with a gun stopped a mass shooting. But this guy, if you look at the story... Missouri is open carry state. Open long carry gun. state. Yeah, so he carries long gun. He can legally he carry. Yep, you can have body armor. You can have ammo. Totally legal. Body armor is legal. Yeah, he had already gone into Walmart, recorded himself. He was leaving the Walmart. He was doing it as a social experiment. And so they didn't have the common sense to say, you know what, sir, you need to leave. Yeah, and then a guy pulls a gun on him when he is not in the commission. So it sounds like to me the firefighters to be charged with brandishing a firearm. Maybe. Libertarian? I, I think he, I think he Possibly. I think he is going to char- get charged. You think so? Why um, you say that? <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, in that space, and this is Mars Teray with I, Black Guns Matter. I get the logic of people, you know, being a little bit nervous. However, their level of nervousness has nothing to do with the fact of the matter. Okay, the person was not in the commission of a crime. He was not asked to leave the Walmart. Preach. To my understanding, that Walmart was not a uh, quote-unquote gun-free zone. And even then, all they can do is ask him to leave. If they say, hey, you know, we don't like firearms in our location, even though we sell firearms in our location, um, you know, can you leave? And if he chose not to leave after that, then they would, you know, potentially get him with criminal trespass. Right, let me ask you this, Marge. Marge, uh, James Schride from Ohio, I'm sorry, from Indiana, He's in Indiana. He says, how is red flag laws uh, bypass due process? Well, for one, it's someone that says, hey, I think this person is a threat. Um, And they say, well, this is why. And they go, "Okay." And without giving giving a warrant, without any investigation, they come in on a hunch, come into someone's house like a 61 year old elderly gentleman that that was murdered by law enforcement in Baltimore. Preach. You know, um, they come in early in the morning. And if you come knocking on my door, banging at my door at three, mm. four o'clock in the morning, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going mm. to have a firearm that's going to happen. I'm going to have to protect the people, my loved ones in my house. And the funny so thing without- about that is I have four female pit bulls. I say go. I say sick them. They're going to give me plenty of time to grab all the guns and ammunition that I have. So you come exactly. to my house at four o'clock so in the morning. These, these red flag laws are a violation of due process in that way. Someone can just insinuate that you did something. My thing is the people that are pushing these things, the funny thing to that is anyone that you have that's an enemy can use this as a political ploy. Something like this happened to me. I was when when I started doing Black Guns Matter a few years ago, I have a horrible relationship with one of my children's mothers. She worked with a guy from the gun community that doesn't like me. He told her, go down to the police, tell him, tell them that he threatened to kill you. Get an order of protection. Oh, my you get goodness. Get an order of protection. Yep, this happened to me. I fought this case for about a year. Nobody not, knew about not it. Not baby mamas. Tell me, please. Yep. Yep. And so I'm like, nah, this isn't, this isn't right. 
she just said it. I had to, you know, I would have been had to turn in my firearms during the duration of however that, you know, uh, however long that uh, uh, order of protection was there. But that there was no proof there. Someone just said a thing. Now, fortunately, I brought proof. I, she said I said it to her over the phone. I had phone records to show that the time that she said it happened, the phone call never even happened. So my point there is, mm. if 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 I wasn't sharp enough and on point enough and had proof to the other, right. I use due process in my favor. Due Arrest process. flag laws in relation to firearms, there is none of that. That's going to get not only civilians injured or shot, that's going to get law enforcement officers shot in the face. Because if you come into my house, a no-knock raid, I'm going to think that you're breaking into my home. So that's due process that puts everybody at jeopardy. It's, excuse me, that's the lack of due process that puts everybody at jeopardy. Red flag laws, I don't care who the politician is that says it, they are wrong. That is not America. That's not what we're based on. So that's how uh, uh, red flag laws violate due process. It also targets people like me with mental illness. That are I'm sorry, say it again? It targets people like me that have mental illness. You have mental illness? I'm bipolar 1. So my emotions, what does that mean, bipolar 1? My emotions are very unstable. Let's just leave it at that. But now, even if, but here's the thing. Even if your emotions, okay, so that means you're moody. That's what that word means. I'm moody. Sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm sad. And it may swing on the pendulum a little bit faster. That does not mean that you are a threat to someone else. No. That does not mean, you know, and, and we got to stop with this because, man, we can't just because our guy, the president that we particularly chose over Hillary, because our guy utters it, we have to stop with the cult of personality. And so, so not I, I got one guy that says that, you know, the firefighter picked a fight with the armed and an armed individual, a gunman in a crowded space with a handgun. What a moron. He wasn't a gunman. He wasn't a gunman? He wasn't a what, gunman. A man, a so man he was within his rifle. right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. This firefighter, and don't get me wrong, I like firefighters. I love our public servants. However, they may not be the best uh, uh, stewards of the law. The reality is, it's no different than... When you have uh, young people that they, they get shot by police, you know, they say, oh, we got a call that somebody had a gun. Okay, here's the thing. A lot of times that happens in states that are open carry states. So, so what? So what? And that's what we're <laughs> talking about, the cultural shift. Preach. The reality is, if more people, men and women, are armed, yes. and if there's someone in there that is a threat and doing things that are threatening, like down in Texas, this idiot tries to go into the federal building, he get lit up before he even got in the building, rightfully so. Don't drop he went the in there to do the wrong thing. And if more people are armed and can understand what an actual threat is, as opposed to a guy that's open carrying, you know, we get, we get a change in that regard. So this firefighter, that firefighter just opened himself up for a lawsuit. The city of, the, 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 you know, the law enforcement officers just opened themselves up for a lawsuit. He did not break he didn't wave his firearm around. He wasn't shouting, I'm going to shoot people. He was literally recording himself. Now he literally. had evidence. Literally recording himself, shot and left the Walmart. They just opened himself up for a heavy civil suit because they didn't know the laws of their own municipality. Because he was well within his right to open carry that firearm. He was well within his right to carry, uh, to wear body armor and, uh, and until the point that he pulled the gun out and pointed at someone, then he's committing a crime. He knows his rights. Correct. Correct. He, they, they just now I wouldn't do that. That's not my thing. Right. But just because something ain't my thing, right. don't mean it can't be somebody else's thing. Right. And so with that being the case, I hope the brother sues. I'm glad he wasn't shot. You know, I'm glad he. You know, again, him record. Somebody seeing him record himself should have been intelligent enough to go. Okay, this is a political statement that he's making. 
okay? If you can't, and if you don't, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the firefighter was evil. I'm saying that the firefighter did not ascertain and take a minute to look at, okay, this person is not a threat, you know? Right. With that being the case, they just opened themselves up to a heck of a lawsuit, and I got to stand behind the, 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 the guy with the rifle in this scenario because he's exercising his fundamental right. All I'm right, not so- going to go with the media's perspective and try to villainize him for exercising a fundamental human right. All right, we come back from the break. We're going to talk about uh, that. We're going to talk about what happened in um, some things that happened in Ohio and some other places. But you know what? Take a look at the, Take a listen to this. Meanwhile, in El Paso, you know, some Trump supporters were kids uh, were harassed by a mob. Listen to this. We love Trump. 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 This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. (laughs) And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're talking with Maj Charade, Black Guns Matter. And we're talking about everything that's happening today. We're talking about what's happening, current events. We're talking about what's happening in El Paso, in Ohio, in Texas, in Florida. We're talking about California. We're talking about everywhere. We're talking about the United States of America. You know what? Let's do a little fact check right now. Uh, Did Trump make it easier for those with mental illness to buy guns? Well, you know what? He's also saying we need to do something with video games. Take a listen to this. Oh, is that Mario Kart? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Oh, that's cool. How does it make you feel? video games are not the problem but you know what president trump said monday that mental illness and hate played a role in ill in these attacks what he said was critics were quick to point out that trump signed a bill at the beginning of the presidency reversing a regulation under president barack obama that planned certain people with mental impairments from buying firearms in this criticism what they say is, you know what, and let's look at the facts here. Let's take a look at the facts. The facts are uh, the Obama administration ruled that which which took effect two days before Trump's inauguration restricted people who required help managing government benefits and had a mental impairment from buying guns. That includes those with eating disorders, cognitive impairments, and depression, multiple of the population. Dis- Disability groups, including the ACLU, opposed the regulation. Now, under the regulation, the Social Security Administration was required to submit anyone to the federal background check database if they received assistance managing their benefits from a representative payee. That's key. That's key. Got to remember that. 
meaning the person has been formally determined unable to manage their own benefit payment alone. Now, as and also had a mental impairment that limits their ability to work. Now, the list impairments include depression, anxiety, neurocognitive disorders, eating disorders, and more. Now, when the Obama regulation went into effect, the White House announced it expected 75,000 people to be affected by this. But the ACLU came forward. They say, you know what? Along with 23 disability groups opposed this rule and supported the bill repealing you know, they say, hey, this this cannot be, you know, thousands of Americans whose disability benefits are managed by someone else range from young people with depression and financial experience uh, to to older adults with Down syndrome and needing help with a limited budget. The ACLU wrote in February 2017, noting that the wide range of individuals affected the rule. It said a disability should not constitute Grounds for an automatic per se denial of any right or privilege, including gun ownership. The ACLU and a separate letter that month, they explain all of that. So, you know, they're saying, hey, no, that alone is not enough. Right. And so, you know what? Our calling numbers is 512-543-2284. It's 512 512- 2284. Come and talk it. You know what? Give me a call and tell me what do you think? You know, so we, think, should I, we go with, hold on, should we go with background checks, stronger background checks? Should we go with, uh, you know, strengthening the, uh, you know, creating red flag logs? You know what? Go ahead, caller. Hey, there? Yes, sir. Hey, okay. Hey, my name's Steve. I'm from uh, Huntington, Texas, man. What up, Steve? Um, great from Huntington, show. Texas. Hey, yeah, man. Great show, man. Hey, uh, and I also want to pull it, plug out to you. Uh, Texas, uh, Texas Law Shield and uh, U.S. Defense Fund, man. I've got them. It's a, it is a great organization. If That's right. If you're, gonna, if you're ever going to use your gun, you're going to need Texas and U.S. Law Shield. If you, if you ain't got it, you are wrong. I can tell you that. If right you ain't now. got it, you're a fool. <laughs> there you go. I'm telling you straight up. Real quick. <laughs> what I want to talk to you about it is, is you just read uh, something on the disabilities and what we're going about as far as these red flags law. I don't know if you fully realize this. I'm a combat veteran. Preach, brother. I, self, I serve um, in, in both Iraq and Afghanistan. Now, any individual who deploys, when you are when you come back, they actually, they are very good at offering you help. So in other words, if you have a problem sleeping, if you have a problem with, you know, something, you're having nightmares, you're having all these problems or whatever. Okay, fine. They'll, you'll get help. All you have to do is you have to call and ask for this help. Right. Now, once you... Once you do this, okay, according to these red flag laws and what they're actually initiating right now, if a veteran ever comes back and asks for any kind of medical or mental assistance, okay, you have just created, okay, him to be a felon if he tries to have, if he tries to purchase a weapon or if he currently owns a weapon mm. for the rest of his life. As long as he has this, he is actually unable and he is actually subject to every red flag law. So, in other words, what he's basically done is is he's actually put a law out and said, veterans, we're taking guns away from you, mm. and we're going to come knocking on your house, knowing that you're a veteran, knowing that you probably have weapons, and we're going to take them from you. And I hate to be the first one to tell you, brother, but I'm telling you, you knock down a veteran's house, the first thing he thinks about ain't about the cops, okay? Mm. <laughs> it's about somebody coming up in my house, and that is what this definitely this, – this is the part they're not telling you about – is how this affects not only uh, the current citizen, but also a, tech, uh, a veterans. That's right. You um, tell them, Steve. Six, 
Uh, the second point I want to get to you guys is that here's the perception you guys talked about a little bit earlier. What you, what you talked about was this individual showing up at the Walmart. He was, he had the combat gear on, he had whatever he was all loaded in, whatever. Right. Now the state law, you guys were a hundred, you guys were spot on by saying, you know, he had done nothing with this weapon. Nothing. He had done nothing. He was, nothing. it was holstered. He had done, he had made, he, it wasn't outside his way. It wasn't outside his weapon. I mean, well, he wasn't waving around the flag or anything to this. He point, was not, never even he was point. not doing anything in a threatening manner. Right. He, he had not at this point, he had not even, he had not even pointed his weapon at another individual. Now we know you and I, you guys at the round table know that this, this, this right there breaks, breaks no laws. However, in the great state of Texas, where we live, the Lone Star have, state, baby, the only, the only, the only great state of Texas. I tell you this right now, here's what the cops thinking. If you got a, if you got a gun, okay. And they see a gun on you, they automatically lock and load and pull on your butt. Okay. And you ain't done nothing. Not okay? a thing. You ain't even, you ain't, I ain't doing nothing but raising my hands. And I even had an officer at one time tell me, he said, well, you're caring about, he was caring, whatever. And I said, sir, I said, he said, well, let me, cause I have, I carry black powder. So be safe. So I carry, he said, well, I need to make sure that it's black powder. He said, reach in. I said, sir, I am not reaching for my damn weapon. Cause as soon as my, my hand goes to this weapon, I'm going to be six feet under. That's and right. I'm going <laughs> to be dead. Ain't even reaching for even, I'm not even reaching for a bailing wire. Yeah, I'm not. And so um, that is the, that is that is the, the difference between what the law actually is stating and how it's actually being forced on the on the street, because they're looking for any reason. Now, since the red flag law, they are going to be looking for any reason for anybody, even if me or you going to the range and we got our gun in our truck or whatever. They're going to say, well, you got a gun in there. Right. That's right. Dude. Boom. They, they are going to actually drop. They, they are going to actually threaten you with pointing a weapon in your face <laughs> and you're a criminal, you're a criminal right then until they prove otherwise. So in other words, I'm guilty just because I have a weapon, but even though I, it's not even loaded, I don't even have that son gun on me, but right. I am guilty and I'm going to go to jail. And that's, that's the point I want to try to make to you guys, because you know, you got your spot on, but kind of look outside the box on how it's going to be enforced, man. That's right. Thank you, Steve. I, I appreciate you, Steve from Huntington, Texas. Our call in numbers, 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Eight four, come and talk it. You know what? Let's go to back to Maj Teray. You know what, Maj? Mental impairment is a complex issue, and claiming that Trump made it easier for those with a mental illness to access firearms is an, a complete overstatement. Uh, that ignores, you know, what the regulation did and who it affected. It is important that you educate yourself. We got to educate ourselves. And don't regurgitate things that we have no knowledge of or have done zero research on. Correct. The, the, the scary part about that is what happens a lot of times is people repeat a thing, again, like you said, without doing a little bit of research. Hop on DuckDuckGo, put it in the search engine, see exactly what's going on there. Otherwise, you're just repeating a thing and you don't have any idea if that's accurate or not. I'll give you a perfect example. I have a radio show. Sundays here in Philly, right? Nice. Now, because I'm on the ballot for city council, I heard that once you're on the ballot, you can't do radio. And I'm like, okay. I took that at face value. Then one of the other guys that's another candidate, he has a radio show. And I, I was like, oh, man, his radio show's on. It pointed out a very serious contradiction to me mm. that I did, which was you did no research to find out if that was actually true or not. I got in contact with the Board of Ethics in regards to the Pennsylvania, you know, election board. And they said, no, you actually don't have to get off the air, you know. And so these are the types of things that something that is seemingly small 
or you just seem to, why would somebody lie about that? Right. Not even if they lied, they may have had bad information and bad intel as well. Mm. So that's a critical component of us staying free is finding out what the statute, the facts, or the data of the matter actually is. Mm. And you know what? Uh, you know, a guy in Lubbock, uh, he actually, they're saying he planned a mass shooting hit with, uh, and he was hit with weapon charges. You know, West Texas man whom investigators said was planning a mass shooting has been charged with making false statements to a firearms dealer. Now, West Texas man, basically what happens was uh, federal agents arrested a 19-year-old William Patrick Williams on Thursday after he discharged, he was discharged from a hospital. Now, according to a criminal complaint, the Lubbock man had told his grandmother that he'd bought an AK-47 rifle recently. He planned to shoot up a local hotel, then force uh, police to kill him. Now, sensing, uh, sensing that her grandson was both suicidal and homicidal, the woman persuade, uh, she persuaded him to be hospitalized instead, and he's accused of giving the gun dealer an outdated address. Now, doing a search of Williams' hotel room... Agents found that the rifle, uh, the 17 ammunition-filled magazine, knives, tactical gloves, and black clothing, um, you know, basically what they're saying he was wearing. We come back from the break. What I want to talk about is every mass shooting shares one thing in common, and it's not weapons. That's what I'm talking about when we come back from the break. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Right. We're back and we're talking with Maj Ture, Black Guns Matter. And we're talking about all the shooting. We're talking about current events that's going on around the country. But you know what? Listen to this uh, this young lady uh, who was raised doing Hitler. Listen what she has to say. And listen to this clip. How could a Christian nation, almost 100% Catholic, to elect a monster like Hitler. The truth is, at the beginning, Hitler didn't look like or talk like a monster at all. He talked like an American politician. Hey, he talked like American politician, so don't forget that. You know, at first, when he came about, he was he said all those the right things. You're like, yeah, that's right, yeah. But in the end, guess what he did? You know, every mass shooting shares one thing in common, and it's not weapons. Nearly every mass shooting incident in the last 20 years and multiple other instances of suicide and isolated shootings all share one thing in common, and it's not the weapon used. Uh, the overwhelming evidence points to the original, uh, it, it points to the signal, just the, the, the one largest common factor in all of these incidents and is the fact 
that all of the perpetrators were either actively taking powerful psychotropic drugs or have been at some point in the immediate past before they committed their crimes. Multiple credible scientific studies going back more than a decade, as well as internal documents from certain pharmaceutical companies that suppress the information show that SSRI drugs, that's the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, have well known that before unreported side effects, including but not limited to suicide and other violent behavior, you know what? One need only just Google it. Just Google it. You know what? And I always tell people, you know, I tell my employees, just, you know what? Google. You know what that drug's used for? What? Depression. Oh. The most common mental illness out there. And, 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 and you know what? And just, you know, just Google the keywords. Go to the website of SSRI, SSRI Stories. It's www.ssristories.com. It's one popular, popular site that has documented over 4,500 mainstream, mainstream media reported cases from around the world of apparent or violent behavior of, uh, by those uh, that are taking powerful drugs. You know, the following is a list of mass shootings perpetrated by drugs that are taking or had been taking shortly before their horrific actions. Let's go to Eric Harris, Harris, age 17, uh, and, and Dylan Cleborn, age 18. Uh, yeah, they were, taking psycho, uh, they were taking these drugs. Jeff Wise, age 16, had been prescribed 60 milligrams of day of Prozac. Uh, Corey Basgard, age 16. Yeah, uh-huh. he, was, uh, he was on Paxil. Uh, Chris Fetters, age 13, killed his favorite aunt while taking Prozac. Christopher Pittman, age 12, murdered by both his parents, while taking Zoloft, Mal, uh, Matthew Miller, age 13, hung himself in a bedroom closet after taking Zoloft for six days. Uh, Clip, uh, Kip Kinkle, age 15, on Prozac, Ritalin. Yeah, Luke Woodham, age 16, on Prozac. A boy in uh, Pocatala, uh, Idaho, in 1998, had Zoloft-induced seizures that caused an arm standoff at a school. Michael Cornell. Ritalin, age 14, opened fire on students at a, a high school prayer meeting. A young man in Huntsville, Alabama, on Ritalin. Andrew Golden, age 11, on Ritalin. Uh, he, age 14, Ritalin, shot 15 people. Uh, T.J. Solomon, age 15, on Ritalin. Yeah, he saw, shot six people. Or Rod Matthews, age 14, on Ritalin. Uh, beat his classmates to death with a bat. James Wilson, age 19, various psych- psychiatric drugs. Yeah, he killed, uh, well, you know, two young girls. Elizabeth Bush, age 13, Paxil, was responsible for a school shooting in Pennsylvania. Jason Hoffman, FXR, Selexor, school uh, a shooting in El Cajon, California. Jerry Victor, age 15, Paxil, age, after five days on Paxil, he stabbed his grandmother 61 times. Chris Staneman, age 15, Rick Rigby, Idaho. Jeff Franklin, Prozac, Ritalin, Huntsville, Alabama, killed his parents as they came home from work. Neil Furrow, Prozac in L.A. Uh, Kevin Ritter, age 14. Alex Kim, age 13. He hung himself shortly after his Lexapro prescription had been doubled. Uh, 
uh, Diane Rother, and it goes on and on and on. If you go through all the different shootings, all the different school shootings, you will see these people on on specific drugs. Mosh, Teray, Black Guns Matter. I think that this is a clear indication. Some data we just can't ignore. Now, I know that, you know, there's the wonders of modern medicine, you know, uh, as well as I know that there's more homeopathic or naturopathic uh, medicine that works as well. But when there's overwhelming evidence like this, this has to be looked at. So you have people that are on psychotropic drugs, heavy, heavy doses of Ritalin that have done things, even the commercials for things that are not as uh, heavy uh, on, on regular television, say a, a list of a laundry list of, you know, side effects. This is something that we have to look at. I understand that, you know, it's not as sexy as saying, oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, the actual gun it, itself without looking at those other things. There's, there's a bunch of things that have to be addressed there. So, for one, you know, something as simple, and I know it sounds cheesy, but that grandmother that saw her grandson potentially about to do something and saying, mm. hey, go, go, go turn yourself in. Go, go get some help. Not even turn yourself into the police, but... Go, go check yourself in if you're not, you feel like you're not feeling all the way right. These are things that actually uh, we have to do as a community. That doesn't just mean gun community. That means as family. That means as people that live in the neighborhood. Every time, you know, just like there's a bunch of, you know, these shooters have been on, you know, uh, heavy dosages of, of, of you know, of uh, drugs from the ph- pharmaceutical industry. There's also, you know, we, how many times have we heard, man, I knew something was wrong with that kid. I knew something was going on. I knew X, Y, and Z. I knew we could have, you know, addressed that a little bit differently. These are also all things that we have to do as a community before it gets to the point where law enforcement has to get involved or before, you know, somebody's shooting something up. And we you have the ability to just step in and we got to start doing that more. And to, to deny or act like all of these or a vast majority of these shooters being on heavy dosages of, you know, uh, pharmaceuticals, that plays a part. You'd be an idiot to not say that that didn't have some part to play. And listen to Dr. King's niece, L.V. King, Dr. L.V. King, as she explains to you, you know what? Stop blaming it on the president. The president is not racist. You know, listen to this. You're hearing these days. Well, I'm hearing this rhetoric and calling our president a racist. President Trump is not a racist. I've had the experience of going head to head with genuine racists uh, back in the 20th century. I was a youth organizer at the time. My uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, was killed. My dad, A.D. King, killed the next year. And a racist is a person who really does believe that their race, their category of humanity is superior or different. And uh, they, uh, Beto, by Biden and all of them are saying, why doesn't he renounce or denounce white supremacy, which he's done several times. They're not even being honest, saying he hasn't. One thing that really is getting to me, and I'd like for you to look into this, uh, the race baiters who want to stir up fear and hate and make us think that we're different when we're one blood and one human race. President Trump says we all bleed the same. He's very clear on that. And he has done so much for all Americans, including African Americans. But they like the name George Wallace. Governor Wallace really was a racist, but at the end of his life, he recanted, he repented, he had great remorse. So no one ever says that he changed his mind. He had a change of heart and began to receive all humans as brothers and sisters. So they want to use George Wallace, uh, which I was there when Governor Wallace was doing all of that, by the way. I was in a home that was bombed. So my uncle was shot. My daddy was. All right. And you know what? You know what? And those who cannot, you know, 
uh, remember the past are condemned to re- repeat it. That's what I'm talking about. Now listen to the Democrat Party. This is the Democrat Party convention. Uh, quick point of privilege. Quick point um, of personal privilege. Yes. Um, guys, uh, first of all, James Jackson, Sacramento, he, him. I just want to say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? I'm one of the people who's very, very prone to sensory overload. There's a lot of whispering and chatter going on. It's making it very difficult for me to focus. Please, can we just, I know it's we're all fresh and ready to go, but can we please just keep the chatter to a minimum? It's affecting my ability to focus. Thank you. Thank you, comrade. Okay, is there a speaker against name, point chapter, pronoun? Privilege. Point of personal privilege. Yes. Please do not use gendered language to, to address everyone. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know what? It, it gets confusing here. You know, uh, you know what? Ma Sheree, Black Guns Matter. You know, tell us what should we do? You know what? I support the Second Amendment. I, you know, I think that, you know, the problem is you cannot depend on law enforcement. You cannot depend on them to, to come and protect you. So what should we do? You should be armed. You should be trained. You should be not only trained in firearm safety and proper handling and usage and storage. You should also start training on first aid, you know, because just because you can put a hole in somebody don't mean you're not supposed to know how to plug a hole up because you might be the person that need to get plugged up. So I think those are some of the key areas. Just being watching your stick, staying on top of your situational awareness. I want to say something about that, that clip that you just played. Yes. My man said comrade. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like we was in, eight, you know, the Cold War. And Ten seconds. And he was stalling in them. My thing is, that's the other thing that we have to do. We have to educate young people young people about what the beauty of free thinking and the system of checks and balances and uh, a lot of the freedoms, the human rights that we have, okay, that were codified in, again, the Bill of Rights. And the Thank you, Monterey. Black Guns Matter. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 